Welcome, wonderful world, to episode four of the travel podcast, The World Begins With You. I'm your host, Jules, and for today's podcast, I am finally joined by another podcast host, as well as content creator, Annie Rivera. Could you please introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody out there in uh, YouTube podcast internet world <laughs> um yes my name is annie rivera i am a content creator i have a youtube channel called annie talks tv i am a podcast host with the same name annie talks and i'm also an on-air radio personality for a hawaiian radio station v93fm.com so that's me in a nutshell i have a public relations background i have a degree in communications and public relations um, and a master's in communication. So everything under the sun of communications is what I do, digital media all the way up to public relations to digital marketing. Ah, that's why you're so good about talking. Uh, <laughs> talking I don't about know about things. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, today's podcast is actually a little different. I usually try to uh, get guests that have traveled the world but in particular Annie Rivera has actually traveled to uh, all 50 states in the USA and I don't usually do this sort of podcast but she actually gave some really good insights and tips and tricks into traveling America and I mean personally as someone that is not from America, I do come from Sydney, Australia, uh, actually found what she said to be really insightful. So for today's podcast, I hope that with the other listeners out there um, that will be listening to this podcast, this is an American special, <laughs> but, I <Yeah>. hope, <laughs> uh, but I hope that, you know, you get to learn a lot uh, because when I first met Annie, I definitely was able to learn more about um, traveling America and it made me more excited to travel America because I mean there are so many things that I didn't know uh, so I hope that everyone looks forward to it and for Annie specifically uh, what made you first want to travel more? Well I wanted to see the world you know I, I wanted to definitely get out and just broaden my horizons there was so much I knew within here the United States that I knew I couldn't cover on my own so when I took on a job a position at a company a high-end display monitor and part of the criteria was to travel I said all right I'll do it don't have to twist my arm <laughs> so I was able to travel for work which really kind of opened up my eyes to the way that you know other people live other cultures live and and what how well uh, how best to be well versed with cultural you know multicultural um, atmospheres than to be able to travel and I really enjoyed it I really really wish I could travel more internationally but um, but you know I, I traveled domestically which was perfect so I had an opportunity to see the United States um, where I would otherwise not be able to do it yeah and I mean the American states in general is very diverse in culture so I feel yeah. like yeah I feel like it's kind of it kind of feels a little similar to traveling Europe in the sense that, I mean, there are some states that are completely different from the others. Um, as something that I remember uh, really quite vividly, uh, I haven't been to many states in the US, probably like five that I can think of. But I mean, New York specifically, I remember that it has a very different accent to the rest of the other places that I've been to and Alaska does not feel like the US at all until I see yeah. like a US flag like posted up somewhere in the neighborhoods but yeah, the US itself is definitely a variety of flavors and it is really quite fascinating so with that being said uh, what was your or what is your favorite city? that you've been to so far? Oh gosh, it's so hard to choose because I do love the city. I love, actually, I love city lights. I love all of that. Um, I love San Francisco for sure. It's one of my favorite, favorite places to visit. I love New York, you know, that's, it's bar none. It's one of the, the most fast paced um, environments and just, it's so full of, of 
energy. You know, it's like they say Las Vegas is the city that never sleeps. I honestly beg to differ. I think, I think New York is the, is the city that never sleeps. Yeah. Um, but I also love Chicago. So I'm so torn. I just love them all. I love the whole city life. I think it's just because, you know, little itty bitty me in a big city such as San Francisco, New York, or Chicago, it's just mesmerizing. And, you know, to be able to to experience it is just so, um, I just love it. I love it all. So I guess to, if I were to put it in, you know, preference order, I would say maybe San Francisco, New York, and then Chicago. Yeah. Uh, oh, I always hear about Chicago. And like, I, I, I never have known why, but it's like really interesting to hear it from other Americans. Uh, but that aside, I think I'll get to that later. Uh, mm -hmm. Where did you grow up and where do you currently live? Well, I grew up in California, so I grew up in a small uh, town called Wilmington. I was born and raised um, in Torrance, but I grew up in Wilmington, um, which is, you know, within miles of each other. And then I moved to Carson, and that's where I spent my entire childhood is in Carson. I went to a, a high school called Carson High School. So I, when, after I graduated, I went south to San Diego, and I went to school in San Diego for a little bit. Um, for about two years. Oh no, actually about a year. And then, um, and then I moved back in uh, back home and then decided to go into the workforce. So I've all been kind of centrally located in um, Southern California. Mm -hmm. I moved to Orange County, maybe a couple years la later after that. And I've lived in Orange County uh, almost the entire time. So um, mm -hmm. I'm Southern California based. Ah, I, I thought you're from Hawaii. Are you based in Hawaii? <laughs> oh, you know, it's really funny because um and all my Hawaiian friends and all my Hawaiian at heart friends will probably say I knew it because <laughs> I have I've had many people mistake me for being Hawaiian, which is fine. I love it and believe it or not, the radio station for which I am an on air radio personality. Um, yeah. is Hawaiian, um, yeah. Hawaiian and uh, Islander um, centric. So I yeah. definitely, I think I fit right in, but um, no, I get that all the time. <laughs> I was so confused, like when you're like, I'm like you're talking a lot about California. And then I remember that you were a podcast host for Hawaii and my mind yeah. was like so confused. So I just had to <laughs> <argue> that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. it's definitely cool. And you will go to Hawaii for like your future vlogs and stuff. Yes, actually, believe it or not, it is in the works. It's kind of under wraps right now, but we, it is in the works. Um, my mother and I, we have a timeshare there. We are planning a trip next year. So I'm definitely, you know, it's one of the reasons why I decided to do the timeshare was so that I could travel a little bit more. So that is in the works. So Hawaii, uh, Hawaii or bust, right? Yeah, <laughs> and Hawaii is Oh, I just, I love the weather. I'm usually not a summer person, but Hawaii is just like mint weather. Uh, but yeah, so your favorite city is San Diego. And I... Oh, San Francisco. Everything is cold. But I do love San Diego. In fact, I was just there this past weekend. So I'm up and down the coast like crazy. So oh. yeah, so San Diego is definitely one of my other favorite <laughs> <laughs> they're all beautiful cities right in america i'm so sorry for that but yeah why do you like san francisco san francisco like uh what places do you like coming to what made it specifically number one compared to the other states or cities in the usa well as we were talking about how diverse it is it's definitely diverse it's very multicultural um, I've always been attracted to big monumental, you know, structures like the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, and then we've even visited Alcatraz, which is this little island off of the bay, basically. You know, it's a, it's, you know, I don't want to glamorize it, but it, it is an, you know, an old prison. So, yeah. um, and so much history happened there. I'm also kind of a, a, a history buff. Although I couldn't tell you for the life of me what happened there. I just love it. I just, you know, I just, I love structure. I love the old, um, you know, nostalgia behind um, history. And, and I like going back to visit them and see, oh, wow, this is where, this is where this happened or this is where that happened. I'm also a huge baseball fan. So 
something we didn't talk about earlier, but I'm a huge baseball fan. And one of the things I wanted to see that I've always wanted to see that never got to be able to see was Candlestick Park, which is this old baseball field um, that existed, you know, way before now it's been redone. And now the, the, the uh, Giants, the San Francisco Giants play out of, oh goodness. Oh gosh, I can't even remember. Oh God, forgive me, but they play out of a different stadium. So I've always wanted to kind of see the stadiums of the of the past and of yesteryear, but I didn't have that chance to do so. But I definitely, you know, I just, I think um, why I like San Francisco also so much is because um, it just has a lot of energy. You know, you could walk the streets and the, the wharf, the fisherman's wharf and just, taken so much I feel like you can go from one section to another section and you're in a totally different you know cultural cultural environment and you know I'm a foodie so I definitely love to eat all the food and all the <laughs> I love to try new things I just for me I feel like I can do so much and so little in as uh, in a little bit of time if that makes any sense wow yeah it definitely sounds like it and i actually didn't know that san francisco had alcatraz and alcatraz is just so infamous and i just want to know what yeah. it's like to actually go there because yeah i just hear so much about it i mean are you a horror fan like what, yeah. what you to go there well, uh, so we took a trip um, a while ago. My brother, his family, and myself, we, we went to San Francisco, and we were there for the summer, I think it was. And one of the things that my brother wanted to do was obviously, you know, ride the BART system, ride the, the trolley, all the things that most tourists would do, even go down, um, oh, gosh, what's the name of that crooked road? Oh, goodness. It's top of my mind. It'll come to me, I promise. But um, <laughs> one of the things he definitely wanted to do was visit Alcatraz, and I said, Let's do that. So we all went. We went to visit. I got on a ferry, first of all, um, which is so ironic. As much as I love to travel, I am the worst passenger because I get super seasick. I get motion sickness. <laughs> I, have to take, I have to take a Dramamine like hours before in order for it to kick in and to, to make myself, you know, be less drowsy. So sadly. Um, but I didn't do it this time because I didn't think I needed it for the Alcatraz short little ferry trip. You get on the ferry. It's super cloudy. First of all, it's overcast it's, it's, as it always is. It was it was overcast. But the ride itself, ooh, the ride itself was um, picturesque because, you know, you see nothing but the bay, basically. Um, and then you're headed toward the island, basically. And everything about it and you already start to hear little bits from the the um the engineer or the 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 captain rather who tells you a little bit more of the history and why we're going to Alcatraz and blah blah blah. So I was already getting very excited to be on the island. I haven't even been on the island. Just the, the trip on the ferry alone was just exciting. I know it's silly, just a short little trip from the from the shore to the to it's the like island. The <laughs> yeah, it was like the you know you're right. It was like the buildup. The suspense hadn't even come yet. Yeah. So, and then once we get to the island, which I really loved, you know, we sat or we stood in the front and we were checking in. And the tour or tour guide said, would you all like separate headsets or ear, earphones or headsets? And I said, what's this for? And, and come to find out that they take you on a little tour, basically. And each of you put on a, these headsets and you have this little transistor, like a radio kind of thing. And then you go from place to place to place. And on your timing, um, everybody's different. You could sit there and you're, you're, you feel like you're getting a one-on-one -on -one tour um, with all these little different um, historical points in, at, uh, in Alcatraz, in the, the prison itself. In this cell, you know, this happened. In that cell is when the riot happened. And, and you're just, you're so intrigued. And you get, it was all very, um, very well narrated and very dramatized you know you, you even hear some of you even hear some of the noise the 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 uh, commotion in the background to, to assimilate the riots and that kind of stuff so all that was very very intriguing and just the levels of like the stories and the levels in Alcatraz are so many secret passages and so oh, many wow. different yeah and who knew and even when they were telling us about these attempts of of, of some prisoners trying to escape, and you know, you hear about the movie Escape from Alcatraz, and you think, 
wow, they they had some balls to do that because you look <laughs> you look down, you look your face especially and you're on the top of uh, the top tower or the the top levels, and you're looking down into the ocean. That ocean is like, I mean, it's this icy cold first of all. So to, the survival rate is like almost zero to none, right? Or or you know, uh, almost zero percent survival rate. But you wonder, wow, these people really did try to risk it all and and jump into the ocean. Just, I mean, so much history. And then the yeah. structures, you know, just it it, it always kind of um, blows my mind when I see structures, especially when you're, you know, when you're looking at monumental historical structures. Just the amount of um, the amount of time and effort and and material is used to build these things. Those are the kinds of things I love. And that's one of the reasons why I love to travel is just to look at all the historical stuff because, you know, before me, before I was even born, all this was happening and it's just hard to fathom for me, yeah. but it's but it's exciting at the same time. So that, that was the reason why when we went to Alcatraz because we, we certainly wanted to be able to just see what the, what all the hype was about and it really lived up to its hype. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I welcome, I tell everybody and I welcome everybody that, you know, goes there and I tell them you have to go see Alcatraz. So it's definitely one of the favorite spots, I think. <laughs> wow. I mean, did it scare you at first or it was just intriguing or a bit of both worlds? It didn't, it didn't scare me, but I think had I lived in that time, it probably would have. Because knowing that there were, you know, escaped convicts even attempting to make, you know, or even attempting to escape from this gigantic rock, basically. And then what if they did? What if they made land shore or, you know, then what? Then, you know, if you lived in the area, what's, you know, how scary is that? Knowing that somebody, somebody, you know, actually braved those treacherous uh, waters jumped yeah. over this gigantic fence and escaped and made it, it you know, yeah. who knows, right? But um, yeah. it was very intriguing, uh, to say the least, because like I said, it, the amount of work that went into building this fortress, basically, and it truly is. It's like, it, it you know, you, you can certainly go in, but you can't leave. <laughs> it's one of those yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find it quite incredible. I mean, to me, Alcatraz is kind of similar to the Great Wall of China. I actually thought that Alcatraz is still a prison. <laughs> so yeah. I was like intrigued when you said that you went on a tour to the Alcatraz because I was just like, You're like isn't that a live prison? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, aren't you scared? But but that's fantastic. And yeah. definitely just hearing this story. I didn't yeah, you also know this, but I didn't know that the Golden Gate Bridge was at San Francisco. Super amazing to see that structure because you see it from afar. First of all, it's it's definitely one of the most beautiful spots to take pictures um, oh. at. So, you know, you can uh, you can line the 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 um, the surrounding areas and you just find a spot. Any spot technically is a really good spot. But then when you get really close to the Golden Gate Bridge itself, there's a whole nother world underneath the bridge. There's like a fortress underneath the bridge, and. Oh. And there was, you know, its own little history behind that as well. And just amazing little, um, there's people that actually lived on the bridge, believe it or not. And that by live, I don't mean homeless. I mean, there's people that actually lived inside of, uh, inside the bridge that tended to the bridge. So they were basically the care caregivers of the bridge, believe it or not. So they actually had homes inside the bridge or oh, underneath oh. the bridge. Yeah, who knew? Yeah, so yeah. those... You just never know. That's why I'm like, oh, I love this. I love all of it, which is why I ate it all up. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, I know that the Golden Gate Bridge is a wonderfully important structure, especially in architecture. And just like, I, don't, <laughs> I know this is just like completely, a completely wild thought, but in my head, I'm like, if there was a zombie apocalypse, you could just straight up live in like the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much can. yeah it, it, i mean it's it's definitely you know it's a monument and it's huge and you know i mean it's it's it has it stretches so far and there's another bridge called uh just like it um it's a little bit more modernized which is the bay bridge um i don't think it's parallel now that i think about it i'm not sure if it's parallel but they're definitely you know miles apart but that thing is just 
gigantic. It's huge. It's modern. It's beautiful. Has all these beautiful lights. Not that the San Francisco Bridge isn't pretty, but it is. <laughs> you know, it just has it. You know, in it respectively, it has its own beauty. But the Bay Bridge is definitely. Um, it's definitely one to, to visit. The Bay Bridge, surprisingly enough, is double decker. So there's one there's one up here and one down below. Yeah, and and I don't know if you remember back in the I think it was 2001. Oh gosh, you history buffs out there are probably going to kill me because I can't remember when the San Francisco um, earthquake hit, but the Bay Bridge was affected. That there was like the second level I think was actually um, collapsed. So. Oh. You know, there's definitely some some history there, and the and the the fact that they were able to rebuild, and you know, rebuild stronger, is amazing. It's just you know, and then going back to what I was saying about Candlestick Park, I remember watching, um, I believe it was a World Series game. I was actually watching a game when when that San Francisco um, earthquake hit. And, you know, and so there was so much, you know, happening thinking, oh my gosh, there's, there's this happening, the, the, the bridge collapsed and, and then, you know, the, the game was affected and you know, so there was so much that went on during that time that to be able to go back and see it and see how they rebuild and how the community came together was amazing. So yeah, sorry, I digressed. <laughs> oh, but that's all right. That's why we're on a podcast. We can talk. <laughs> that's the point, right? But I mean, do you feel as though these cities with their history, uh, do you think that their history sort of defines that city or uh, maybe it doesn't or there's a big part of it like, for example, when I lived in Japan for three years, I'm not sure if I, I'm pretty sure I didn't say this in my previous episodes, but so Japan was uh, in World War II, they lost. And then basically what happened was the American armies uh, said that they're no longer allowed to have a military. So instead of that, the American uh, military bases will replace the Japanese military. Um, and that's why there's a lot of American bases there. And of course, uh, Germany and Italy were allies of Japan during World War II. So the reason why, I, yeah. Uh, so the reason why I say that is because as much as people do say that Japan has a very strong traditional culture in itself, which I of course strongly agree with, uh, honestly speaking, Japan is very strongly influenced by America, Italy, and Germany. And mm -hmm. I honestly really didn't know that until I started living there. Like a big example of this, I know this as an English teacher, but they learn American English instead of international English. And like, if oh. you think about it, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's not a bad thing, but I mean, there's a reason why there's international English and American English, but it like it's interesting to see that they teach the grammar and vocabulary like yes the grammar of american english is different to international english uh but as well as that uh especially like pop culture and in in terms of germany their electronics or their engineering is highly germany based the Italian food, they actually have a lot of Italian food in mm. Japan. So, uh, wow, who knew? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I ate like so much pasta in Japan. <laughs> but wow. yeah, <laughs> yeah, with that being said, mm. like, do you feel as though the histories of America affect certain cities very strongly? Like, for example, San Francisco, like, What's your opinion? About Absolutely, because as you hear, you know, you hear all the um, the the migrants that come in, and they they in pursuit of the American dream, they obviously you know um, colonize in those cities and and whatnot. So they've obviously bring some of their own cultures and their own um, you know lifestyle to to the city and have and make it their own, and then other. You know, other people that are there obviously get influenced by them. So there's so much influence by or, or reverse influence, I guess. You know, I could influence you, you can influence me. And there's certain things that we give and take um, with each other because, you know, I like what you eat and you like what I eat. Hey, what's that? So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, you know, 
mixing uh, mixing of, of, of cultures, if you will. So as they say, America is the melting pot. Um, because because different um, different cultures come over, different nationalities come over and and colonize here in the United States. I, I highly um, one hundred percent agree that um, that outside influences make um, have have made these cities what they are now. For sure, in in um, San Francisco. In fact, I think. I, I think I read and I heard that San Francisco was one of the top, if not the, if one of the tops, or if not the top, um, visited um, cities for um, immigrants, and that's because it has that culturally diverse um, feel to it. I think that's one of the first cities that most most of the um, visiting cultures will come and 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 see is San Francisco, along with I think New York, but. Because of its its um, its open its friendliness and and its um, diverse already diverse uh, diverse cultural base, if if you will. So, I hundred percent believe that. Um, who is it? That one chocolate company? I think it's Ghirardelli. Um, yeah. And of course, you know they're they're international, right? So when they came over here to um, San Francisco, they set up base and now they're headquartered here in um, San Francisco. So, and, and it's one of the most, the richest, uh, most flavorful chocolates and, you know, um, delicious chocolates that most people will enjoy because, because they, they immigrated from wherever. Oh gosh, I, I'm terrible <laughs> with my history. I just know that in listening to it, they came over here and they set up. They set up camp and they basically just never left. So, so the bottom line is that they came here, they loved it, they stayed here, and now it's a staple in San Francisco, wow. right? So Ghirardelli chocolate. And in fact, I took a picture. I was I was walking along Fisherman's Wharf. That's one of yeah. the biggest things I wanted to do. I have to walk the Fisherman's Wharf. So I walked <laughs> the Fisherman's Wharf, and there's this little mini amphitheater um, right near the wharf. And in uh, in it, or rather behind it, is the Ghirardelli um, Tower, and it had, it had the, the the sign that said Ghirardelli, um, the chocolate factory. So it was definitely oh, I have to take a picture in front of this. So <laughs> I have to prove I was here. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool because I, as coming from Sydney, I feel as though this is one of the most multicultural cities apart from Melbourne, which is also uh, an Australian city, but it's really cool to be able to visit another multicultural city. Like it's just fascinating. It's just lovely. And I do kind of feel as though it's a piece of home. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, yeah, like I definitely like now that you say that the cool part about San Francisco is that it's a multicultural city. I think, it's really fun to be able to visit those cities. Like, and I think the number one reason is because of the diverse food that you can try. Like, I, I mean, I do love Japanese food, but I think because Sydney and Melbourne is so diverse in culture, we will always have a wonderful arrange or a wonderful array, <laughs> my <Yeah>. bad, <laughs> a wonderful <laughs> array. So that being said, what is your favorite food to try or like your favorite restaurant throughout throughout all of the America? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, that is a hard question, but I do have to say that I absolutely love Thai food. Thai food hands down for me. Wow. Yeah. In America as well. And I, I mean, and I love my Filipino food. Mom, I love you. <laughs> and yeah. all my aunts and uncles who make Filipino food. I love all Filipino food, believe me. But yeah. I really, truly love Thai food. And wow. one of my favorites, yeah, and I just, um, I just introduced my daughter actually a couple of weeks ago. I just introduced her to this soup called the, um, what is it? The Tom Yum oh, Tom yeah. Yum soup, Tom Yum shrimp soup. Oh, yeah. my gosh. First of all. <laughs> First of all, let me say this. And, yeah. and if you ever come here to California, I will take you there, I promise you, because it's just down the street. It's called Thai Spice. It's it's close and local to my house here. Yeah. But put it this way. You go up and you order. I say, hi, can I have an order of the Tom Yum shrimp soup? And then can I have an order of Pad Thai shrimp or whatever it may be? 
Yeah. If when they have to show you a chart, how how spicy would you like it? They showed me this chart. <laughs> I nearly died. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the lowest was um what was it? Like normal. Yeah. Or no normal. And then there was mild, medium, hot, and then the top says we warned you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Then you're a spicy fan. Well, I thought I was. I thought I could handle medium. <laughs> wow. <gasps> Let me tell you that it hurt to eat because I, I loved it so much and I really wanted to devour it and just but and take my time eating it. I yeah. was sweating. I was sweating. <gasps> oh I couldn't God. do it. I could even with the medium. So <laughs> I so I dumbed down and I went mild. From now on, I do mild, and it's it's about all I could take. Honestly, <laughs> that is scary. I'm not like a spicy eater, but for like certain cuisines, I will just eat through the pain. Like <laughs> that's me. Like that's how I was. That's exactly oh. me. I mean, <laughs> and my daughter, my daughter has uh, far. Um, hotter taste if you will like she loves spicy food so yeah. when we both ordered medium I went in her room and I said what do you think and she was you know trying to stay tough and she was like oh I like it I like it and then the next time we ordered she was hey mom um when you order can you put mine down to mild <laughs> <laughs> oh that is ruthless yeah. if my brother's listening to this I think he would love to try out that restaurant for all the spicy eaters out there <laughs> yes so. anytime anybody anytime you're in town let me know because i you know this is the place this is the place to go and it's you know <laughs> i and i'm picky when it comes to thai food so i have to be like really sure you know that it tastes of course i can't i'm not one to you know who am i i can't measure you know authentic versus non-authentic but it, you know i can tell you <laughs> If it tastes good. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> Might not be authentic, but it does taste good, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, like I like that philosophy. <laughs> it's really interesting because like listening or talking to a lot of the American guests of the podcast, like I thought you would all have a similar taste in cuisine, but it's really cool to hear that everyone actually has really different tastes of like what's their favorite and whatnot. Right. So it's right. really awesome to hear that. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, America what's was. Yours? What's your favorite? Uh, ooh, in terms of cuisine, <laughs> it was, it's ridiculous because when I first came back from Japan, I was like, I'm never going to eat Japanese food ever again. <laughs> I was like, I think I stayed away from Japanese food for three months because, oh. yeah, but that's because in Japan, they were not culturally diverse. And I mean, for example, we did have things like, they had things like uh, pasta and Hawaiian food was very popular. French food was very popular and Italian food was also very popular, but mm -hmm it had like a Japanese taste to it and it wasn't a bad thing but I just felt as though I could never escape the tastes and the flavors uh but recently I've really been craving sashimi don which is yeah. <laughs> yeah which is like raw fish on top and then rice and then you like there's rice it's like a big sushi bowl without the seaweed and then just like with soy sauce or a sauce on top and I've been craving it so bad and like it sounds really weird and it sounds really simplistic but it is one of my favorite dishes and I don't know why because I don't usually like seafood yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's, yeah. it's cool. mm -hmm. but I think I also really like sorry I have the sniffles uh yeah no I like Japanese food <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I love I love all different types of food. So you know, definitely Thai Thai food. I also love uh, Mexican food. I also like um, Chinese food, of course. And and I'm a sucker for bread. So I love bread, and I love anything pastry. So gosh, so yeah. you know, I, and 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 oh, desserts. Forget it. I'm hands down. I love desserts. So yeah, I have, like, the sweetest yeah. in my whole entire life. It's terrible. But actually, True. now that we're speaking about it, mm -hmm. uh, 
Chinese food, like when I went to China and I ate their food, it was mind blowing because Chinese food already tastes nice. But then like when I had it at China, it was incredible. It tasted delicious. And mm-hmm. when, yeah, and when we were talking to the people, they were just like, it has no MSG and this is like real Chinese food. It wasn't even that expensive. And Chinese food already tastes good as it is, especially yeah. in Sydney, but it was just so different and it was so nice. Like the only other food that I can think of that's like that is Philippines. Uh, like, oh, sisig, I love sisig. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do, yeah. So it's it's definitely a staple. There's like there's sisig, there's um a double, whether you do chicken or pork or or um I think that's the two main staples there is the um the chicken or pork adobo. Now see I'm a vegetarian so, or a pescatarian. So I'm recently about the last two almost three years have been a pescatarian. So finding protein is a little difficult. So I will go for some of those more authentic dishes, but I have to be kind of picky about, you know, oh, how is it made and what's it made with? And then I get this all the time where they say, well, you could just take the chicken out or you could just take the pork out. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's so not the same. Yeah, I mean, I have a vegan uh, cousin who, of course, Mm. is Filipino as well. I mean, so how do you eat Filipino food while you're it's very difficult, let me just say. And then funny, because I was just at the wine festival over the weekend in San Diego, same thing, where there was um, the food vendors that were out, there was so many, you know, cultural Ono food, or they, they call it good food Ono. So, and I had to sit there and pick and read. I actually had to read through every single menu item to see what was in it to be able to pick. And you'll never guess what I ended up eating. Oh my goodness. What was it? French fries. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because I couldn't find any I couldn't find any non-meat dishes. There was there was one vendor that had um salmon, I think, yeah. or salmon or fish, but they were sold out. So oh. there was there was yeah, <laughs> there was no other choice for me. I had to just uh, I ended up resorting to um garlic topped fries and it was that was all i had so yeah (laughs) i know that hawaii is famous for poke so i'm surprised they didn't have any well yeah believe it or not i think most of you know when you go to these hawaiian festivals or anytime you go to any festivals and they have these tents with food and you know they're they're authentic um tents they're you know they're enclosed they have the 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 cooking mechanism going on in in the tents and whatnot i think it's for for safety um and storage they want to make sure that you know none of their food spoils so they have to cook it quickly so and i think one of the things that with shrimp and with seafood and um with fish is that they tend to i don't want to say spoil easier i think they just don't keep as well as say chicken or beef or any of those so yeah unfortunately i was I, I didn't I didn't have much to eat but French fries. <laughs> oh, uh, one day, one day. It's yeah. kind of strange. Like Australia is surrounded by sea, but our seafood is quite expensive. And I guess America is like similar in in grocery shopping. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I think it's a it's it's a um, a scarce commodity. I guess. Um, <gasps> Mm. Or, or for all I know, I you know, I, I don't, I don't know what the reason is. It's because it's so few and far between. You know, not a, not a lot of people um, prefer fish oh. or pescatarian or shellfish. Maybe they're allergic to them. So then, when they are available, of course, they're higher price for those who do enjoy yeah. them. So I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. That is, yeah, yeah, but it is quite interesting because I know that in Japan and also in Europe the seafood is actually quite cheaper and more predominant than meats. So I think it's because of Japan that I started eating more seafood because in Australia, I just didn't care for it. So it's really interesting just to see those different aspects. So (laughs) (laughs) we've been on like the first two questions. Stop me anytime and just say we gotta go on, Annie. <laughs> yeah, no, right. But it's it's 
lot of fun like just speaking about these things and it's obviously just really interesting and it's a lot of fun talking to you uh oh, but I think it's really interesting, especially, I think this question is going to be definitely interesting because of the fact that you've traveled particularly in the USA. So for you, what is a moment that has shattered your travel stereotypes? That has shattered my stereotypes? Is yeah. That what you're um, and, and just how, how, how do you want, how do you, how do you mean? Like, what do you, I'm not sure what that, what you're um, saying about that okay so for me a moment that travel uh that shattered my travel stereotypes was when i went to paris i went to paris with my family and i heard that parisians are ultra mean like super oh. but i actually or my family came across this really sweet guy and he actually helped us a lot with our baggage and how to go around Paris and how to go around the public transport and they actually like help to carry our baggage and stuff like that so it was really um, amazing yeah okay. so so I think for me um when I went to San Francisco everything was good everybody was pretty friendly you know if you asked if you were if you were lost or I tried not to look lost because you know you you, you always hear those questions about um, you're so vulnerable when you're, you know, especially when you're traveling by yourself and you and you look like you're lost or you look like a tourist, you you know, your target, you have like this red target on your back. But <laughs> I felt that way. I felt so lost the first time I went to New York. And um and and um I was married at the time and I remember my husband at the time who told me he he wanted to be the one to show me New York for the first time ever. Um, yeah. If that ever happened, so I I flew there on business. Yeah, I flew yeah. there on business. So I acted like I knew what I was doing, and then when I get there, I was in for a super rude awakening. You know, um, excuse me, ma'am, nobody could give you the time of day. And I don't mean to say this bad, talk badly about New Yorkers, but I mean I had heard all this that you know they're mean, it's fast paced, you know they don't give you the time of day, and I was trying to you know give them the benefit of the doubt. But when I went there and I was lost. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to, I swear, I did not know how to buy, you know, a subway um, ticket. I didn't know where do I go. I had no idea. Um, that was my first time ever. And I was completely lost. So when I asked somebody, they they did not respond. They, they just looked at me like I was crazy. And then, um, yeah, and then there was another time, a police officer, believe it or not, I was, I, you know, I was looking at my app. Um, I was looking at my Google Maps. I think at the time I was looking for my bank, um, which is Wells Fargo. I was looking for my bank. I was walking. You know how you could do the walking um, um, guide, basically. Yeah. You know, three hundred feet, turn, whatever, left. Oh, so yeah. as I'm walking, I see this, and it says, "You have arrived." Here's me. Where? You know where? <laughs> Where, where is this Wells Fargo? I could not for the life of me find this Wells Fargo. And I, no one was around, or actually, no, I should, I take that back. People are around, they see you lost, they don't care, they're bumping into you because they're, they've got places to go, people to see, you know, things to do. And I get that. I was the one that was lost. I just didn't know how to get, I thought, there's supposed to be a Wells Fargo right here. So I called yeah. so a police officer and I said, excuse me, officer, you know, can you tell me where there's a Wells Fargo? He came over to me and he said, what'd your app tell you? And I said, right there. And he goes, and he goes, there it is. And then he walked away and I said, here. Yeah, I literally had walked in the building a few, you know, little a little ways through the front doors, inside a little bit more, further down, and then I found the ATM. But it, it, you know, couldn't you just say that? You know, couldn't you yeah. have been nicer to tell me that it's right in there, ma'am? You know? <laughs> wow. Oh my yeah. goodness. Where were you in New York? Because that's like I I have a theory and the thing is when I talk to a lot of our guests about this right I feel mm -hmm. as though everyone's kind of 50 50 because I had a nice experience in New York another person had a nice experience in New York and there have some other guests that found New York a little nasty so mm -hmm. for you like what area were you in at that time that that happened well the one the first one was the subway so it was and I don't remember what street or you know what 
precinct it was, but it was down obviously in this in the subway somewhere. But the yeah. second time was up in Manhattan. It was um, I think it was around oh gosh, not even Forty Fifth Street or Fifty Fourth Street or Forty Second Street. It was it was like within that vicinity, you know, in Manhattan, in the heart of Manhattan. And here's me, you know, I'm sorry, it says there's a Wells Fargo here and I don't see one. So, you know, I just felt like, you know, it doesn't take a minute or it doesn't take but a minute, a second to just to be nice and tell me, you know, tell somebody who's lost, obviously, um, you know, where this thing is. Or if you don't know, can you just say you don't know? Because if you don't know, I'm okay with that. But to be rude, it was like, okay, yeah. like just... I, yeah, I wanted oh, yeah. to cry. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I've never, yeah. it's just, excuse me. I, I just, <laughs> but it is, wow. That like, yeah. seeing the other side of the coin is amazing. There there you go, folks. We're just, I think throughout just the different episodes of World Begins With You, we're just going to hear like the different stories of New York, <laughs> whether it's good or bad. But yeah, that's it, it was really scary. It was a, it was kind of a culture shock for me because you know you hear about it and you just you want to like I said you want to give them the benefit of doubt. But then you know when it actually truly happened to me, it was like gosh. So every time now before I go to anywhere, whether it be New York or anywhere, Chicago or Dallas or Colorado, anywhere, wherever I go, I try to you know hone in on the areas where I'm going to be at. And this is something that I tell um, I have clients that I do um, blogs for, and 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 one of the things that we I wrote recently was how to travel safe. Um, so I wrote a blog on on how to travel safe, and I'm not the you know I'm not the expert on it, but it's definitely you know look at your environment, see what your your surroundings are, and plan you know um, easy walkable trips here and there, and you know just walk in numbers, travel in numbers if if you can. Um, oftentimes you can't. Um, but just kind of, you know, the one just you just have to have that wherewithal and um, project um, confidence. The sooner you project, you know, um, you know, like I said, vulnerability, then then you become a target. So yeah, that's my advice. Hundred <laughs> percent. And I also think that especially if you're traveling within a city area, really make sure that you travel. Like, I feel as though the metropolitan part yeah. of the city is where the nastiest people reside <laughs> like the the meanest the leanest like just straight off rude like even in tokyo and i mean i will 100 percent back this up that japanese people in general are nice they are sweet and they are polite but I've, of course i have met rude people people that do not like foreigners that are my age within the metropolitan area of tokyo and i feel so in any metropolitan area anywhere around the world in a major city the people there is going to be like a spice of rude and you have to be aware of that during your travels and it's a little unfortunate but that's yeah. that's how it is when you travel yeah and that's definitely for sure you know that you know sometimes they're nice sometimes they're not they're not so you just kind of have to you know yeah. have some flexibility and be open to you know you have to understand maybe you're just you're invading on their territory. I get that, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, there's things like that as well. Uh, but now that we've talked about the not so good, memorable moments of your travel, what is the most memorable moments of your travel, like in an amazing sort of way? <laughs> um. Well, I definitely. I think I just love the process of traveling. I, you know, some people hate it, hate, you know, hate getting on the plane, hate going through TSA, hate going through this, hate going through that. Um, but I love it. I love it all because, you know, I feel as though it's like the, it's, it's staging you, like it's, it's precursor to, you know, what's to be, what's to become. So, um, so I feel like it's just a prep for, for, you know, maybe an adventure, but my favorite, one of my favorite places, obviously, of, like I said, besides San Francisco, is, is for sure um, New York, and I just love the whole every the whole vibe, the nightlife, and all that. I'm not a party person, but I just love city lights. There's something about city lights that just mesmerizes me. So um, I think for me, that's that's the that's the fun I have. Um, and then if I'm staying in a hotel, of course you you definitely want to have a, a nice view. You don't want to look outside the 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 window and have a back alley view of something. You know? 
Oh, you don't want to see. <laughs> you don't want to see that. You don't want to see them taking out the trash from the restaurant next door, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just love the whole um, resort experience, you know, from start to finish. And, you know, definitely for me, for those um, those resorts who really go to the ends of the earth to make you comfortable. Um, and um, I had a time when I think I was, where was it? It was in New York. I was in New York and we were staying at this, was, I think it's called the YOLO Hotel or Yo Hotel. I can't remember. It's Y-O something. Anyway, sorry if I butchered that one, but um, <laughs> all purple, like there was purple hue, everything. And I felt like, what am I? This is really <laughs> interesting. You know, you felt like <laughs> you felt like you're in a cabin. But, um, <laughs> and, um, but I remember being there. Oh, no, no, no. It was Chicago. Sorry. It was Chicago. Wow. I remember going to Checking into my hotel, it was the dead of winter. I don't know, not the dead of winter. It was the beginning of winter. It was in um, Thanksgiving, um, November, end of November. And I checked into my hotel, and it was this beautiful view, and I loved it, and I was already bragging, oh, I got the best view, you know. <laughs> and then my heater wouldn't work. Uh, like, you turn, oh, no. turn it on. Yeah, it was click clacking. It was making all these, like, different noises, and I swear I thought it was going to blow up on me, and I kept going, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so I called. It was God, you know, the things that I experienced. So I called down to I called down to um, uh, front desk and I said, I, I hate to be that person, but my heater's not working. So they said, Well, okay, we'll come take a look. And sure enough, the maintenance guys came up and they checked it. And there's that was definitely not working. It was shooting out cold air and it was click clacketing. And so they moved me to a different a different. Uh, I think it might have been the same floor, but just further down. So I get there and I'm like, oh, okay. And I was kind of bummed because I had the best view, literally had the best view. Then I get there and then what do I have? The view of an alley. Oh, no. <laughs> and they were sold out. So I said, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's better to have a warm room than, you know, no room, right? So yeah. that's true. Or like, that's amazing. <laughs> Definitely memorable. It <laughs> I was mean, definitely memorable. <laughs> <laughs> Double-edged sorry, but it sounds like a fun time. But yeah. uh, this is in Chicago. This was in Chicago, yes. Yeah. Ah. It, it was, like I said, it was right at the beginning of winter. It was right after Thanksgiving here in America, our Thanksgiving. It was the day after ah. Thanksgiving. And I had watched all the um, all of the weather reports, and it had said that it was going to start to snow the day that I arrived. And oh, no. gosh darn it, it sure did. And I was <gasps> so mad. Truth be told, um, it was 32 degrees. I think it was even 30 degrees. So it was freezing already at that time. Um, and our CEO at the time, who's from Chicago, says he wants to go. He wanted, after we went to this, we, we had a trade show. And after the first, the day one, he wanted to take all of us out to go eat Chicago pizza, you know, the whole thing about Chicago pizza. And I'm like, okay, I'm standing outside our hotel. I'm like, oh, when's the, you know, cab going to get here? When's the Uber coming? He goes, cab, Uber, we're walking, girl. And I said, what? And we walked like 10 blocks in 30 degree weather. And I thought I feet, my feet were going to just fall off. It was so cold. Oh, my God. That sounds like so much fun, though. It You're was. We, we look like a bunch of ragtag, you know, <laughs> walking down the street, literally walking down the streets. Nobody else is outside but us <laughs> trying to get to a pizza place. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was the pizza worth it though? I've heard Chicago pizza is amazing. Yeah, I I couldn't tell because I already only ordered cheese pizza. So, ah. and, you know, <laughs> but in another life, I'm sure it would have been the best pizza ever. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but only I, I try to make all my trips memorable. So you know, and. and <laughs> And now with our technology, you know, now I can vlog it and I can blog it and I can, you know, post it. So these are the, these are, this is why I do it. I love to do all the vlogging because I love to go back and look at it. Cause I forget sometimes yeah. you go back and you look at it, you go, Oh my God. Yes. You know, so yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, I also had a content creation channel for uh, travel vlogging as well as beauty. And one of the main reasons why I started that channel was because 
I traveled so much in the past and I had no way of looking back on it and it was really unfortunate and I felt as though the best ways where I can look back on those memories is through travel vlogging because I mean you see it and you hear it again and I feel as though that's like the closest experience that you'll get and mm -hmm. also taking photos uh, but I like Polaroid photos because um, I was really lucky because there was an instance where I had my Polaroid, it was not a Polaroid camera, but it uses Instax Polaroids. Mm -hmm. And I went to New York and China and I was just looking back at these photos and I was a teenager at the time. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I remember where I took it. I remember where I was and it's like, it was just amazing. There was a picture of Rockefeller yeah. Plaza. There's a picture oh. of the Great Wall of China. Yeah. and. I think the reason why I stopped was because I was a teenager and I was poor and I like could no longer afford it. But when I was looking back on these photos, I, was, I just told myself, I have to keep doing this because it really was amazing just to have like physical evidence of the places yeah. that you to. So I 100% agree with that testament and yeah. why, yeah, and why us content creators do the things that we do. Uh, mm -hmm. So... With that being said, you've never traveled internationally, so I'm not sure if you've said it before, but what is the number one place that is on your international travel bucket list? Okay, so I definitely want to, I, I really want to go to Australia, first of all. I definitely, I feel like, <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> That's um, me. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely want to go some into somewhere tropical besides Hawaii, which is U.S., but I definitely want to go to, like, maybe the Caribbean or the Bahamas, you know, for sure. I definitely want to, you know, that's on my bucket list is for sure Australia, um, perhaps Japan. I'm a little nervous about Japan because um, I just am. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just am a little nervous. Um, but I, I definitely, you know, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, so those are the, those are the places I definitely want to visit for sure: Australia, Bahamas, or some some sort of Caribbean. Because you know, living here in the United States and right in my back door is Disneyland. You know, we're there all the time. <laughs> you we are go, from California, true? Yes, I am. And we go through the Pirates of the Caribbean. So you know, as we're, you know, and I'm sure it's probably not even the the right the correct representation of what the Caribbean really is, but. That's, <laughs> It's just the fact that we go through there and I'm like, you know what? I want to go through to the Caribbean. So for sure there. <laughs> but it's always really fun just like yeah. going to a new place. Like I went to Taiwan. When I first went, I didn't know it was a country and I didn't know what language they spoke until the second day because I was unaware. Like I never knew any Chinese people. So I didn't know what Mandarin sounded like until I went to Taiwan. So, and I'm Filipino. So, oh, I'm, you're yeah. not. Are you really? I, I know. I'm fully. I'm fully Filipino. <laughs> oh my God, I had no idea. I thought. I don't know why. I thought you weren't Filipino, but yay! Hello, Pinoy. <laughs> yeah, of course. I sinigang is like my favorite food, and when I was in Japan, I cooked it. At least, I think I cooked it every week. Good for you. Yeah, you got to bring a little bit of home. I, I lied. I actually lied because I actually have gone one place internationally. I went to Mexico, just south of us. So, yeah. But that was like literally within what, 10, 15 miles maybe from the border into Mexico. So, not very far, but Mexico. I, I can't say that I have traveled <laughs> at least outside of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> is Mexico the place with like, I always get mixed up, but is Mexico the place with like the Aztecs or no? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, did you get to go to there? No, I went to Tijuana, so that's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! And all my, my all my girlfriends from high school are gonna kill me because we were only sixteen or seventeen. We crossed the border and we went into Tijuana. Oh my gosh! Yes, we did because I was. Uh, long story short, I was part of this group called Banner Girls, and part of our costumes was we literally had like fringes, like um, um, cowboy fringes, <laughs> cowboy hats. We had. Um, these uh, um, holsters, gun holsters, and play guns and boots. And <laughs> you could not get away with that at all today in this this day in life. But way back when, you know, how many years ago when we were able to wear that kind of uniform? 
um, and on campus with a play gun, yeah, with a play pistol. We went down south to go get the holsters, to get literally like authentic gun holsters. And that was our trip down south to, to Mexico. So <laughs> I don't think our moms knew that. Oh, sorry, mom. I don't think our families do. <laughs> Whatever happened in Mexico stays in Mexico. <laughs> That's true. Very true. <laughs> that is amazing. I just yeah. love hearing about Mexico. It just sounds like a fun place to be. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you can tell me more stories about it another time. Uh, but it is nearing the podcast. It has been so much fun to talk to you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Just amazing. Just like the experiences that you've had. But just before I let you off, I just want to know what is your number one travel hack? Okay. So I did write them down. And one of my favorite um, God, there's so many different ones that I wanted to talk to you about. But um, and this this was something that happened to me really, really recently. You know how when you go and you pack these little travel size, whatever, you know, um, um, toiletries and whatnot. Um, I don't know if you remember seeing that Friends episode of um, um, who was it? Oh, Ross, Ross, when he went to a um, restaurant and he got all these little toiletries and he opened them up and they all splattered all over the place. Oh, you yeah. never seen that? Do you remember watching Friends and watching? Okay. For all you Americans who watch Friends and you've <laughs> seen Ross do this, Ross who used to go to all the hotels and steal all the little toiletries, all the little amenities that they give you and whatnot. Yeah. Um, well, that's me. Okay. So uh, I have learned <laughs> that that whether I travel by plane or whether I travel by car or boat or train or bus, you're going to run into pressure, right? Some pressurized air. So, um, and then just when you think that these sealed little um, bottles of, you know, toiletries and shampoos, conditioners are t airtight, they're yeah. not. They will <laughs> burst. They will burst. Uh -huh. And, and you know, if you don't want to suffer, you know, gobs of goop all over your, you know, cosmetics or even some uh, all over your electronics, my my suggestion to you is to put it in a Ziploc bag. Put your little toiletries inside a Ziploc bag because then when they do open and when they do expand or burst or whatnot, they won't get all over the place. So you kind of learn your lesson. Uh -huh. I kind of learned my lesson by traveling with extra Ziploc bags um, wherever I go. So yeah, that's oh. my travel hack. <laughs> I'm scared to travel now. <laughs> but that's Remember, as you're, as you're packing your little toiletries, go, Abby said, you know, pack your little, <laughs> little toiletries. And you know, and I, I love um, Vaseline's and I love um, even my saline solutions, my little tiny things of saline solutions, they're airtight. Right. And I put them in my bag, my cosmetic bag, but for whatever reason, with air pressure, you know, in the plane or in the car, as you're going up heels or steep uh, declines, um, they, they burst, they open up and they burst and they get all over the place. And I've learned that far too many times that happened to me far too many times. So that's my travel hack. <laughs> put it in a plastic bag. You'll save yourself a lot of headache. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And I also have to attest to that. Like, I don't do it on purpose, but when you travel, by plane like they tell you that you have to put it in a ziploc bag but i think they right. do it just to stop you from getting to a mess so i think yeah that. <laughs> I, I believe that's half the point half the reason yeah for sure so yeah, yeah. even that's on like right. boats and planes it's terrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you for that it is very important do you like would you recommend the big ones the super small ones like um i say bring a couple uh, bring a few super small ones and then put all your little small toiletry or little little things that you can fit inside the small ones in there and then of course your larger bags um, like for your lotions, if you have larger um, bottles or containers, bring the, the larger Ziploc bags. But I say bring more than one, bring at least two or three because, you know, you never know. You just, you never know if you're going to need to replace that because, you know, yeah. I've, I've had it gotten all, I've gotten all over my clothes once, once before. It's gone all over my, you know, I had a, a battery charger in there and it got all over my battery <gasps> charger and I had to throw that away. It was a mess. Yeah. So. <laughs> Two to three Ziploc bags. That is very awesome advice. Thank you. <laughs> so now that it's the end of the podcast, where can the listeners find you if they want to know more about you? 
Awesome. Thank you. So you can go to, you can check, um, you can search on, on YouTube. You can search for Annie Talks, anything Annie Talks, Annie Talks TV. You can look for podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, Annie Talks. Um, so, um, all my social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Annie Talks. And I'm, I'm on Snapchat as well, Annie Talks. So yeah, and my website, AnnieTalks.com. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, for anyone that's listening out there and it is your first time or maybe a couple of times, you can also find The World Begins With You on social media platforms of Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And if you're currently listening to this, you can watch it at The World Begins With You YouTube. So... And if you're from YouTube, you can always watch it through podcast form, <laughs> through cool. Spotify and Anchor and whatnot. So thank you so much, Annie. Uh, oh, my God. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I had so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I like doing these podcasts because it's a lot of fun just listening and, like, especially just meeting new guests. It's always a fun and different time. <laughs> so yeah. thank you so much. I hope to see you again maybe one day. Yes. Come here to California and I'll take you out to Thai place. (laughs) I can't wait to blow up my brain with the the spiciness. (laughs) But I hope that the rest of you have a wonderful day and I will see you next time on The World Begins With You. I was able to travel for work, which really kind of opened up my eyes to the way that, you know, other people live, other cultures live and, and what, how well, uh, how best to be well versed with cultural, you know, multicultural um, atmospheres than to be able to travel. And I really enjoyed it.